welcome to the Yana Podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, your stories of strength, and get all in our feelings. Our hosts are Becca and me, Danny. We work for NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. NAMI is the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization, and our mission is to build better lives for the millions of Americans that are impacted by mental illness. Our roles at NAMI Philly involve working with the youth in the community, so we have a special passion for empowering young people to shatter stigma and help them know that they are not alone. Yeah, so therefore, we decided to start the YANA podcast, which stands for You Are Not Alone. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. Last week when we left off, we had been talking with Olivia Miller. Olivia is a 20-year-old advocate from Waterloo Region, Ontario, Canada. She is currently completing a double major in peace and conflict and social development studies with a minor in political science at the University of Waterloo. Olivia is the co-founder and director of the Bridges of Hope Project and community ambassador for the Umbrella Project. She is a contributor with several community and national initiatives, including the Activist Collab, the Wilmot Post, and more. Bridges of Hope is a platform by youth for promoting mental health awareness by execution of local events and social media campaigns. Olivia uses this platform to speak at community events and schools, sharing her personal struggles with mental health and conflicts. Olivia has been open about her journey with mental illness as a young adult. She has discovered through her experiences how important it is to take care of yourself and seek help when you need it after struggling to graduate high school and suffering harsh, anxious episodes. She is passionate about sharing her message with others so they know they are never alone. We'll pick up with Olivia right where we left off last week. All right, we're back. Thank you. Welcome back. Yeah, hanging in. (laughs) Um, So before we went on the break, we were hearing about Olivia and the amazing things that she's been, that she started doing with her community and getting mental health awareness out. So continue. Absolutely. So when we uh, started these events, we didn't necessarily understand um, kind of what it means to be um, kind of primary advocates, at least for our age group um, in the mental health space in a community that is kind of not, you know, not very advanced, like still very beginning their journey with Um, supporting mental wellness. So I think what happened after that was really amazing because I was able to connect with people after the events who were my age and were doing mental health work and were being really vulnerable. And I was able to build those relationships um, like I never had before. But it also came with kind of a dangerous flip side because um, I felt, at least personally, I can't speak for my um, co-founder, but I felt as though there was kind of these new expectations being placed on on me as a person because I had this um, passion for advocating for mental health. So there were times when I would receive, you know, messages online from someone who didn't think I could 
post a certain thing because I was a mental health advocate and it um it was almost as though I was held to a different standard um Ah. as my peers and I couldn't you know have the grace to a make mistakes and be kind of live my life like everybody else and as much as you know um we want to hear from people that are advocates in the community about the issues going on around us um there's a lot of pressure to show up for every single thing and to be you know, on all the time and to be that advocate side of yourself all the time. So that was something that after the first round of events, I started to struggle with and not necessarily know how to navigate. Olivia, if you don't mind me interrupting, like what was your thought process like during that time? Like was like, were you, I, I would be, I'm all over the place already. So just doing all the great work that you're doing, I feel like I would have been, I don't know what I would have been doing with all those emotions. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know what you mean. Like when you're like, your plate is so full and yeah. at times you, you then also put what you need to on the back burner sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, if I could fill everything that I learned from this time in my life into a podcast episode, everyone would tune in because it's been three hours long. <laughs> but right. I, I think, you know, one of the one of the pieces that um, I struggled with was that because I was struggling so much with finding my identity during that time, I almost took on too much of my identity in being an advocate for others. And it was like, oh, this feels great. And I love doing this, but I let it take over and you know reaching that end of time in high school um I found that like my hobbies had kind of you know slipped away like I I just felt like you know I cared for other people because um it worked like something that I'd done before worked and I loved it and at this point this is kind of what people expected of me um so you know all of that contributed to this like social identity that just took over who I thought I was and just became who I was was just you know being that face and being on all the time to talk about these issues so um, what was going on in my head was kind of just a subtle panic you know at all times to appear what I thought was the right way Um, Taylor Swift actually has a documentary on Netflix I don't know if either of you have seen it but she talks about how she just wanted to be the nice good girl like she just was so afraid of you know messing up appearing appearing like wrong in any sense um in in terms of what people expected from her and I think I really just wanted to fit in that mold that was kind of created for me you know by accident with what I had started doing yeah I was just thinking like Carly um all right she would like be upset like over the moon that you had just mentioned Taylor Swift she's like the best Taylor Swift fan ever and she's always saying like Becca you gotta watch the documentary you gotta watch the documentary <laughs> I have not but I do I am I do think she's pretty cool so I like she's pretty cool she's okay she, she you know she can hang I guess <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm definitely not trying to compare myself to uh, Taylor Swift by any means, but definitely the idea of of feeling like, you know, people have maybe put you in a place yeah. that you're not really sure you can be all the time. And 
like, how do you navigate that? How do you start being who you want to be when it just feels like, like you said, there's so much noise, there's so much feeling um, going on around you. It's, it's, yeah. it's really hard to navigate. Yeah. I know for me too, like for a long time, like I, you know, working for NAMI and everything, like I, we're not really supposed to be political. And for, for instance, and I'm, here it goes. I am <laughs> very politically minded. And, you know, so it was for a long time, I tried to like, you know, on social media, like not post things that could be potentially divisive because I'm a mental health advocate, right? Like, but I yeah. came a time where I couldn't be silent anymore. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I like, and then I was given a hard time about it. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like, there's some things that are not helping anybody's mental health. We'll just put it that way anyway, regardless of whether they're political or not. But um, yeah, I just, I have to be who I am as well. Like, I can't keep that part of me back then I'm not authentic well and that's the thing I think our society loves um kind of one-dimensional characters that we can make sense of you know if you're if you're a mental health advocate you're a mental health advocate like don't dip into racial justice like that just throws right. off my perception of you right. so, you know when I'm a when I'm a mental health advocate but you know also just a you know a human being who you know like would love to um just spend a whole day watching Netflix without feeling imposter syndrome because I don't think that's you know part of who I should be it's like mm-hmm. you know it's so hard to live in a society that's just trying to figure everything out in a very black right. way of thinking because everything is so you know it's so gray and it's yeah it's really hard to live with black and white expectations like I saw a meme actually I'm a, I'm a big fan of memes like I love it. <laughs> But I saw one the other day that was said something about like how just because, you know, you used to do things one way doesn't mean that you can't, you can't like speak out against it today. You know, like uh, you don't have to, you're not, you're not only are you not like, you know, you're more than one dimension, but like also like you don't have to stay the same. Like your, your views don't have to stay the same. We can change using like what we're doing. I also think, you know, like that's a part of life, right? Like we live and we learn, um, you know, mistakes are made, whatever, but we learn from that and from, you know, where our backgrounds and all that, we've, we've come a long way, right? So I think it's really important for people to be able to hear the mistakes that we might have made or whatever, because um, if we're not getting the word out, then how, you know, other people might be going through the same thing. And it's like, well, they might feel stuck or they might be feeling a certain way. So I think it's, it's really important to, you know, be able to talk about these things. Right. And we learn and, you know, we got to change as we learn. Right. So like, I mean, it's like with COVID, we learned this a lot with COVID, like, you know, guidance wasn't the same, you know, guidance kept changing. It didn't mean that people were flip-flopping it meant that yeah we're learning more and so therefore guidance change. yeah I mean I don't I won't go down that <laughs> on that tangent on that tangent but yeah. <laughs> no I think it's hard because it's hard to grasp the concept that 
almost everything we experience is temporary. And that's something that I try to, you know, see as beautiful now, whereas it would have terrified me like three years ago. But, you know, the the ways that we think now, even that in itself is temporary, that's going to change in like literally an hour. Like you're going to be thinking about something in a different way, just based on what you experienced in that past hour. And it's hard I think for us to accept that everything is changing around us because it feels so scary and we don't have a life that's very supportive of change. We don't have a society that's very, you know, supportive of, of evolving and yeah, admitting that you were wrong or changing your point of view. So I think it's really hard to come to terms with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's stay in the middle ages a little bit. (laughs) Society. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't even get me started on don't gay. yeah yeah <laughs> okay that becca no don't go down there i always get told like don't go down the political like we had two rules when we started this podcast and that was um don't say fuck and don't say trump and um <laughs> and those rules were for me <laughs> But we decided that the F word was fine. People say it. And, um, but that was also pre-election. So that word, the other word, the T word was on my mind a lot more. Um, yeah. yeah. I try not to give airspace anymore. Anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> so go on, go on, continue your story. I can go. Oh, of course. Yeah. So it was a, there was a year in between our first round of events and the second year. And when I came around to do the second one, um, my co-founder was actually going to be going to school um, several hours away. So um, it was time for me to do it on my own. And if I think back to it now, like I brought some new, fresh kind of ideas to the events that we ran the first time, but I really just did them um, because I felt a frequent sense that I had to, again, that feeling of like, it would be expected for me to run Bridges of Hope again. I'm going to do it. Um, So that, I mean, I did it and it went great. And there was a bigger turnout uh, because we just did one event um, in Waterloo. I hung up the ones in my town, but I did it myself on my own. And then, yeah, so we did one um, in the bigger city and it was, it was better that time we had a wellness market with different services. So people could actually visualize places they could go to if they needed help. Um, We had local authors who shared their mental health journey and stories who came to publicize their books at this market. That is so awesome. Can you come to Philly? I help us out a little bit. This is something that I think would be so beautiful here. Well, truly, I would love to take a global approach with this and actually (laughs) like have one day where there's a different representative in different towns running the event and like we could live stream it. But again, (laughs) trying to take a break. But yes, I would love to. I'd love to take it on a bigger level someday. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being like a, yeah, Bridges of Hope Day. We actually do this thing called Letters of Hope, um, where we have like, we do like a little event and we have people come and they can like, and and it's, we've done it virtual, but also, and like people can write little letters of hope to um, like, like just written like anonymous letters, like, uh, or I mean, like not directed at any one person, but then they can, and then we take them to the different, you know, like um, inpatient units 
and drop them off. So they're like letters, the patients, but not, you know, we don't know who they are necessarily. Right. Well, and that's something that I, I actually tried to do at the first event. I tried to do the bridge um, right outside of the mental health hospital in mm. um, Kitchener so that if, you know, they were going for walks, then they would just stumble upon this. And part of it, what to me, like what was important was the surprise element because I received a message after our second year of doing it. And it was from this this guy who was living in Waterloo, but was packing up his house because um, he was moving and he was feeling really bittersweet about it and he came across our messages and just felt like this immediate sense of peace not only because like someone had reached him but it just was like this feels like a sign like people just want a sign especially when they're you know going for a walk take a deep breath like clear their thoughts like all of a sudden that shows up for them and they're like wow like people are thinking you know, beyond themselves, they're thinking of how we can make this community safer, like, just to reach people where they are was always really important to me. Wow. Um, that's incredible. And so I just want to go back for a second, because you also mentioned one thing briefly that we didn't actually talk about, but you mentioned that um, you were closeted queer with some that thing that, um, I mean, I know how strongly, um, mental health, you know, is affected in the LG, you know, in the queer community. So was that something that has been dealt with at all since then? Like, were you, you know, during that time when you're doing these events, when you're, you know, is that something that you were also keeping back? Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned earlier that there's no face to mental health because I think for all of my time in high school, I thought there was a face to queer. And I was always just like, no, that's not me. Like, that's not my face. Like, right. Not, no way. But the whole time, you know, I'm having um, like thoughts and I totally just like, I, I know that I am. And it's just hard for me. Um, like I said, when you're in that environment where everything is the same, everybody mm-hmm. is the same. And no, like the people who are challenging, you know, the, the heteronormative white Christian norm are like, exiled and outsiders it's like oh well that that's not me like there's right. there's no way and it totally, it totally was me so I mean flash forward to first year university I stayed at home because I still felt that I was recovering a lot mentally from what um happened um in high school but it was just a you know a 30 minute drive to campus so I would do that um basically every day I think I had Fridays off but I spent time you know just sitting in like cafeterias or lounge areas and just looking at all of the different people I've always been a people watcher but I just couldn't believe like how big of a world it really is out there like yeah. you like wow those pants are awesome like no one wore those pants at my school <laughs> just like fully- <laughs> that's so funny I mean it's so, like I remember that being a thing for me and like I grew up in center city Philadelphia but like I went to a private school that was really small and I had a lot of really tough things happen for me in high school. And I thought I was so unique, like uniquely, um, like just bad things happened to Becca and nobody else, you know? And, um, and then I went to college and I remember that being like, I met all these different people that I come from all these different Mm -hmm. towns and like different had to deal with different things. And I was like, wow, like there are other people out there that have had it not just like the same as me or whatever, but also worse and, um, you know, but different. And it's like, I, I just remember that being such an eye-opening experience that like, 
the world is so much bigger than mm-hmm. I and like I I grew up in a big city you know but yeah, yeah. that about college I love that so yeah I mean it sounds like a cliche but it totally it totally makes a huge difference like even seeing like um like LGBTQ support groups mm-hmm. or pride groups mm-hmm. on campus I was like what like I thought this was like a Toronto thing like hours <laughs> away <laughs> it was huge for me and I just slowly um I slowly started to expand I think social media can be a really great place to find new people too so I started to expand mm-hmm. beyond um you know just the people that I knew I really just removed so many people that I went to high school with and not in like a you know bitter sense but I just needed to like make my perspective so much bigger than what it had been and so I started to do that I started to read I started to I mean my degree is in peace and conflict so I don't really ever have a light course we talk a lot about you know the dark stuff that happens and I know I was thinking that as I was like reading that I was like peace and conflict woof like (laughs) (laughs) we need more of you like we need more of you today you know like definitely a room for more peace and conflict but that's a mm-hmm. heavy topic it certainly is and I think I mean Bridges of Hope really just kicked off the reality for me that this is like this is my future this is my life like there is no going back at this point I have to um I have to face um the issues in my community by first of all learning like I'm going to go to school I'm going to learn and do the best that I can but also just you know making a commitment in my own life to um, be honest about my mental health, to practice what I preach, like to learn how to talk to people properly, how to apologize properly, how to, you know, communicate what I'm feeling instead of expecting someone to read my mind, like just all these little things that are so, you know, spot on, spot on. It's just, it's expected. I feel like that we make that assumption, especially as teenagers, like that they know what we're thinking and so much of our interactions with people we experience on a personal private level that like the other person doesn't really ever you know know about so it really just did take that that personal commitment for me to realize that this was work that is not you know going anywhere for me (laughs) by any means Yeah. yeah So I think, you know, we, we did those second events in Waterloo and this was when I was in first university. And after that, I was starting to feel more than ever, like, okay, this doesn't feel right anymore. This feels like something that I'm doing that is beautiful, but not something that I'm doing because I want to, um, more so I feel like I should. And as much as, you know, I know that connecting with others and being vulnerable with others is something that um, brings out like a sense of purpose for me. It was, it was at the expense of myself at this point and uh, nourishing who I was outside of live the mental health advocate, like who is live. And I, I didn't really know the answer to that anymore. So I'm in third year university now, and I've spent the past two years just really trying to ask those questions and to practice what I preach even more because I mean I was trying in a lot of ways to put what I was learning in school to work but to actually take care of yourself is such a challenging thing because it sometimes means you know pressing pause 
on something that you love if it's taking over or saying no to something that could be really great if it's going to cost you in another area of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like something, I mean, I start, I, I feel like that's something I struggle with. That's something I struggle with. But that is, I mean, that's something I struggle with too. It's like, I, 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 I also like don't want to hurt people's feelings or mm-hmm. you know, um, disappoint people. And mm-hmm. so like, I have to do like, I have to take care of myself. Otherwise I can't help it. I can't do anything if I don't take care of myself. Right. Right. You can't pour from an empty cup. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I still feel like I'm figuring out what it means to take care of myself because there's so many, you know, automatic thoughts that come from, I think your teen years truly is like what you pick up on during that time in your life when you're trying to figure everything out and figure out who you are. Like those messages, I think still stick with you for a long time and you have to make sense of them and pick and choose what you learned from that time in your life and what you'll make meaning of. Even just um, before we were on this call, I put on my, like everything happens for a reason shirt and I posted about it. Then I did a follow-up and I was like, actually though, if you don't believe that everything happens for a reason, I think that's more than okay. If you think that some things happen for a reason, but some things don't have a reason right now in your life, I think that's okay too, because maybe like 10 years down the road, you'll make meaning out of something that you don't understand right now. Like, I think it really does take time to understand what goes on in our lives sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I definitely subscribe to that belief. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's just the commitment to trying to find meaning. Like I'm not going to, you know, Um, drive myself insane trying to figure it out but it's that like everything can serve you and help you become the version of you that you want to be if you do that work to try to figure out what's going on internally and what's going on around you yes absolutely that's perfect sure that absolutely we're getting close to when we need to wrap up um unfortunately because I really want to hear like even more about you Um, so like you know where what are you but like, is there any last, Danny, you look like there's something you're about to spit out. Like, do you have something you want to say? No, I was just saying like, like a lot of what Olivia has been saying is like, it really has been resonating with me. And like some of the things like, you know, I'm me personally, like I'm going through some life adjustments right now. Um, so like some of the things that you've, you've been saying, you know, like, I just, I feel like I needed to hear that today. So thank oh, you. That's wonderful. That makes me very happy. Thank you for saying yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm still in the point of my life where I think I need to commit to taking care of live the person, not live the advocate. So it has been right. a moment to press pause for me. Um, so I think the more that I take the time to learn about me, the more that I will feel like more confident going into the work that is so important to do. So I think, you know, right now it is just kind of like an open-ended end to my story because it's not, it's not the end. It's just a kind of a slower chapter and I'm trying to Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, what's next for me as a person and yeah, just really try to. But you have to do what 
you got to do to take care of yourself. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's my biggest challenge right now is just like yeah. looking at this period of my life and being like, Oh, it's so slow. I should do something. I should do something, but just, you know, making peace and accepting that this is where I should be right now to better serve who I'm going to become. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely absolutely. easier said than done, I think, but you know, it's <laughs> like we all said, we're it's, it's a work in progress, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, you know, I say I'm in, I'm in recovery. Like, I don't say I recovered, you know, like I, I don't Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to ever recover from my mental illness. Like I'm in recovery, constant state of working it. And, you know, it's, it's, you have to take it day by day. Mm -hmm. One day at a time. Um, But what is your, like, what are, how, with your like obsessive compulsive symptoms, like, what do those look like today? Um, so actually a really cool, um, growth moment for me is, um, I learned that I would stop kind of ripping out my skin and doing my finger, um, compulsions if I had fake nails on. So I've been spending like, you know, $40 every month to get these, (laughs) and it it has not been financially sustainable. So I was gifted from my parents, um, like a do it at home, like manicure thing. And I finally learned how to do it myself. So it's really exciting to, um, have that as not only like a self-care thing just to like feel great, but it actually is taking care of, you know, something that I struggle with, with my mental illness. So that, that's just something that definitely, you know, warms my heart and I won't fix everything, but you know, at this point, I'm not at a dangerous point with my OCD, which I'm so grateful for. And there's definitely been, um, yeah, that's a huge moment of growth for me for sure. Okay, so you another yeah, so yet another reason why we need to have you come down to Philly. Like we want you to have have us help us do a Bridges of Hope event and give us manicures. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there is an open-ended invitation. <laughs> that is something that I felt that was something that I did for self-care that actually also like really helped me feel like nice I mean you know it's nice yeah it feels good like literally like they're it's very soothing but like mm-hmm. I'm looking at my nails like it would be like a remind it sounds silly but it was like a reminder that I did something nice for myself you know I took care of myself because like I am a biter and a shredder and I like bite my yeah. clothes and my nails and, I mm-hmm. and stuff and so I'm like when I do look at mine now I'm like you and I obsess about it too I like yeah it so I I think that is like a I but it I got out of it during the pandemic um I mean for obvious reasons but like uh, you know that it was closed for a while but even so like even after I just didn't get back into it and then and I still have it I I mean I'm still just like I I mean I I still have Becca, I, I have a gel manicure kit so I got you Danny I'll bring in the office <laughs> Oh my god you're so soulmates it's like ridiculous <laughs> this is like danny this is why you. your this is why your relationship ended at this point see everything is meant <laughs> that's what i'm saying everything happens for a reason I'm saying that. <laughs> so yeah well oh my gosh um so we're like, we're, we had to wrap up now, but like, I, I'm so grateful that you came and talked to us and, um, and shared all this, like your, your story and your passion is so beautiful. Um, and I, we have one question we always ask before we end, I'll let Danny ask it. 
Yes. Um, well, if you could, what would you tell your younger self? I think I would tell my younger self to not be afraid to commit to wanting better for yourself. I think especially as um, women, uh, we are, you know, encouraged to fit roles and that often means pausing what we want or what we want to do to support others, to be there for others, to push others up. And as much as that's important, um, I think I would definitely tell my younger self to try to take a chance on a better life, a better future for me, because it's scary, but you meet a lot of really cool people doing it who are doing the same thing and want to be there for you too. Oh, I love that. Goosebumps again. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. I love that. Awesome. And well, where can people find you? Um, Yeah. So I, um, I paused on Bridges of Hope, but I currently have um, an Instagram page where um, we talk about um, building connections and how to talk um, kinder to yourself. And it's called self-talk with Liv, um, just like that. So really easy to find. And um, I currently do um, some facilitating on peace skills with um, younger students. And that's a really fun opportunity. And I love talking about it. So if you're interested in learning more about that too, just send me a DM and then we can start chatting about things. But yeah. Awesome. Well, you can find the Yana podcast on Instagram at the underscore Yana podcast, or you can go to our website, which is www.theyanapodcast.com. Um, I'm really excited, but just like I, the reason why I sound so excited when I say it is because for the longest time we had this ridiculous domain name that was like a million <laughs> letters long you can't say it in one breath no so I finally was able to purchase a domain name this or this domain name so it is yanapodcast.com and um and we've got merch if you go to the Philly bonfire page and I'll put that in the show notes we are currently selling some yana podcast merch and all the proceeds go to the NAMI Philadelphia affiliate so, um, all right. Well, Olivia, thank you again. So do you go? Thank you so much. Wait, do you go by Liv? Have I been calling you Olivia this whole time and you go by Liv? Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I, I do both. Most of my friends call me Liv, so I call myself Liv, but okay. I, I, know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm a Becca, you know, like nobody yeah. Rebecca at all. And I have a niece who's Olivia and we call her Livy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Liv, um, thank you again so much. We really, really enjoyed having you. You're so beautiful, your story and the way that you, you know, have so much passion for work and, you know, but at the same time, taking care of yourself, like, you know, getting that message out there is Mm -hmm because we all need to take a step like I know at our affiliate I know I'm like supposed to be wrapping up and now I'm going to go on a tangent but like I know at affiliate too like for a long time it was just there was only three of us that worked in our office and so we would get burnt out you know and Mm -hmm. we can't help anybody at that stage and we would not feel like we could take a break and even though we're telling everybody take care of your mental health you know and we weren't able to take care of our own so 
it's important. It's a really important thing to remember. And um, thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you thank both. You so much. It was so amazing to be here to chat with you today. I'm so happy. Yeah. And enjoy your trip. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. All thank right. <laughs> Peace and love. Bye. Bye. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the crisis text line at 741-741. Or go to NAMI.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.